0: This is Dan Meyer with RCR Wireless News. Thanks for joining us today. Today we're going to be speaking with Dan Hayes from PwC about the upcoming Mobile World Congress event, Uh, also talking with Oracle about their views on NFV. Uh, So please stay with us for the uh, NFV SDN Reality Check. Telecom Careers, the number one global telecom and wireless job board, telecomcareers.com. Hello welcome. Thanks for joining us today. My name is Dan Meyer. I'm the Editor-in-Chief of RCR Wireless News. Thanks for joining us today on this week's NFV SDN Reality Check. This week we are joined by Dan Hayes remotely from uh, from uh, PwC. Dan is the principal and U.S. mobile services advisory leader, one of the longest titles I've seen in a while for uh, for, for PwC. Hey, Dan, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate it.
1: Uh, thanks a lot, Dan. It's great to be here.
0: Great. Well, uh, obviously, so we're leading up to uh, some exciting times next week in the mobile space with the uh, Mobile World Congress event in Barcelona, Spain. I know you're going to be heading to that show this year. Uh, luckily, I'm avoiding the event this year. Uh, I won't talk too much about that. but. Uh, what I want to do is, I guess, touch a little bit on, uh, I guess, maybe what we might see from uh, from virtual the virtualization space uh, when it comes to the event. Obviously, uh, the market, the telecom market, has really seen a lot of uh, uh, excitement and a lot of news recently about the virtualization space, uh, and it seems like next week's event is going to have uh, quite a bit of news uh, along those lines as well. So, I don't know, maybe start off with, I guess, you know, I guess your general views of what you've seen when it comes to kind of this new uh, network evolution, uh, this, this virtualization. Uh, market that's kind of crept up over the past 12, 18 months. Maybe what you've seen in in that market and maybe what you might expect uh, to come from from the show next week.
1: Yeah, thanks, Dan. You know, uh, I think Mobile World Congress is going to be a really exciting time again this year and uh, we definitely expect that NFV and SDN are going to be, you know, two of the hot topics, uh, you know, among the participants there. Probably a lot of really good, uh, you know, demonstrations and announcements of new technologies. So it's going to be a great time for this you know from from our perspective, um, you know this technology really is the the next logical step in the in the whole evolution of mobile. In, in that if you look back at what's happened in computing and what computing has done with infrastructure and how virtualization has benefited you know cost and efficiency in that space, you, you can expect to see the same things happening here. and you know there's a lot of high expectations. and I think uh, you know, no, nothing ever seems to go in the wireless industry quite as fast as it's originally intended. <laughs> but yes. you know we think that we're starting to see some people dip their toes in the water and start to really look at you know, what can ha- what can be done with this new technology.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, obviously it does seem like you know again over the past 12, to 18 months, uh, this virtualization and a VSD and all these acronyms have really crept up at least in the telecom world. I mean obviously these have been you know long time technologies in the IT space and the competing space. Uh, but yeah, for telecom operators, it is a, a new technology. And like you said, you know, there is a lot of excitement around it, but there is also, I guess, that, that uh, you know, like you said, telecom has always had issues when things or new things come out. They always take a lot longer than you expect them to take. Uh, and so this is one of those technologies that is, it is, you know, it can go very deep into the network. And so it's one of those uh, altering kind of technologies that, uh, if not done correctly, can really impact how, how operators are, are operating their networks and impact service levels and things like that. So it seems like it's one of those technologies that really needs to be worked out. Uh, before it can be deployed. So it does seem like we're still kind of in that sp- in that phase perhaps where we're still trying to look through or work through kind of the, the challenges in terms of, of kind of this, this new virtualization move.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, the reality is that we're going from a, a, a paradigm of custom hardware, you know, yeah. heavy systems integration for the operators to a, a vision for where NFV and SDN really are going to allow operators to be less about hardware and systems integration and more about managing the evolution of the platform. Now that's a great it's a great aspirational sort of uh, sort of view, but the, the reality is we've got a long way to go to get there in terms of interoperability and standards and you know capabilities in this space. So so right now as we're seeing the the uh, the, the technology being worked on the question that we at PwC are getting asked a lot is so what's the business case? How do we make this work? And, and what should we be looking for in terms of the operating model to actually implement this? Because. You know, no one does these things just for the for the sake of a new technology, right? They're all doing it to provide a higher level of customer service and you know lower costs, and and that's really the goal. So that's what we're hearing a lot from our clients, and and I have to say, you know, we're hearing it on the wireless side. We're also hearing it on the wireline side too. A lot of a lot of interest in this topic.
0: I mean, I guess are you able to provide an answer at this point? Because it does seem like you know, I, I just did a report on this, and, and that was one of the topics that was brought up. up was was. was, was you know, there's still this ROI that needs to be kind of worked out with this. Because, again, this is going to cost, you know, this is a pretty significant investment for operators. Uh, and, again, like you said, I mean, they're, they're going to look for a return on this. I mean, they're not going to do this just for the sake of doing it. They're going to want to see down the road at least some sort of return on their investment. Uh, I guess, is there a model yet that's been been put out there that that, that actually shows uh, perhaps a timeline or a time frame where, where this will actually pay off for, for for telecom operators?
1: Yeah, I think it's very early days for that um, you know, the, the, the business case really is going to depend upon the situation that you have with operators, right? For, for a Greenfield operator, if there are any of those left in the world, uh, you know, there's, there's definitely going to be a logical business case for, for NFE and SDN because it's going to be the, the way of the future and it's going to get them started on the right foot. For an incumbent operator, it, it, it's probably going to be one of those answers of, it depends. Um, and, and it's going to depend a lot on how it's deployed in their network, where it's deployed in their network, and the timing of, of what happens with it. So, for example, if you have, you know, a, a, an NFE implementation that takes place with, with, let's say, you know, within just the core of the network. Well, that may be a lot more simple than if you're doing RAN virtualization yeah. and you're now relying upon making sure you've got, you know, fiber backhaul to each and every cell site. And you're gonna now centralize that, that has a whole different operating model tied up to it. And you really have to think about how you deploy that. You know, do you do it with the next generation of, of radio technology? Do you do it uh, on a geographic basis? Or you know, even within like a metro area, do you maybe do it in just the core where you have uh, you know, a strong uh, fiber backhaul capability, and perhaps the pieces where you don't have that kind of, uh, that kind of backhaul, you, you can't go on to a virtualization strategy just yet. So it, it's gonna really depend upon the operational strategy and the business strategy to, to go behind it. So lots of factors, lots of tough decisions, and that's what our clients are talking to us about right now.
0: Yeah. And obviously, I mean, it does seem like, I guess, you know, with a company like ATT, for instance, that came out late last year, announcing their plans to really, really push virtualization across our, or their organization, really. Uh, but their time frame that was a 2020 time frame, which kind of shows you, and that's five years down the road, and they're probably one of the more, uh, really, it seems more, more advanced companies or, or, or operators when it comes to actually rolling up virtualization. So they're still looking at at least a five-year time frame here. Uh, so like you said, it does seem like it's still, you know, early days here. Uh, I mean, again, the standards issue is a huge problem. I mean, there's still this interoperability issue we're working through. Uh, and again, like you said, the greenfield, brownfield type of deployment. I mean, these operators have spent hundreds of billions of dollars on equipment that's working you know, Absolutely. for the most part. I mean, maybe not the most efficient, but it's working pretty well. And to all of a sudden you know, make all this stuff or, or kind of turn this stuff over to a virtualized platform, uh, that's going to take a long time and a lot of support. And uh, it, it does seem like we're kind of uh, in an, an odd space here when it comes to this. Because again, there is a lot of, a lot of momentum here. But there's still so many questions that have to be answered. I'm guessing, you know, next week at the show, I don't know if those answers, or those questions, will be answered. I'm sure there'll probably just be more questions afterwards. But uh, uh, it definitely at least shows that the, that the industry is really pushing. It seems pretty hard, uh, at least to, towards the space, and uh, a lot of support there, at least from from the from the operators, from the vendors uh, uh, behind getting, getting behind uh, virtualization.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think in many ways you can look back a couple of years to the topic of small cells. and what happened with that and you know small cells as a technology has been very proven you know very uh very strong technical case for making it work strong impact to the customer experience the 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 challenge with small cells which i think is going to be the same challenge for for nfe and sdn is really about the operating model for it so you know for example with nfe look at the impact of facilities well if i'm going to have all of this stuff centralized and virtualized um, you know what does it mean in terms of space and power and HVAC? What does it mean for critical things like business continuity and disaster recovery? Right. I mean, today, if you have one site that gets wiped out, you know, one one cell site, okay. So so you have maybe a, a kilometer or two that doesn't have coverage, and and oftentimes the rest of the network can pick up a portion of that, and, and yeah. it's not a big deal. But if you now have all of this pooled together for an entire metro area, let's say. And you somehow have a disaster at that facility. Well, that's a whole different <laughs> situation. You could be talking about millions of subscribers that that have you know uh, have an issue. So lots of things for people to think about that are not just all about cost savings. They're just about the the, the operating model for how you actually deploy this.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. It's always great to talk to you about that because you do seem to always bring up those kind of smaller issues that are, are huge if You think about. I mean, again, like you said, I mean, if one, you know, this is all centralized in some, at some facility somewhere and something happens, the power goes out or, you know, and there's battery backup, obviously. But if something happens there, again, it wipes out a big part of your network as opposed to, like you said, if a cell site goes down, eh, that's just one little part. But uh, yeah, I mean, those are great, huge issues that need to be uh, obviously resolved because operators uh, are always under the gun when it comes to making sure that their networks are always up. I mean, they've got these, you know, five, nine requirements. Uh, SLAs, but their enterprise customers. I mean, these are things that uh, they can't just go back and and you know kind of alter. I mean, these are these are things that are kind of set in stone. So uh, if this stuff is not working correctly, that's that's a huge issue for these operators moving forward.
1: Yeah, I mean, and these are the things that worry the operators that that we work with, right? You know, they they think about this stuff, and and many of them have gotten really good at at dealing with you know fault tolerance within the networks and disaster recovery. But when you get a new model and when you've got an entire new set of platforms, you really have to step back and look at those things. You know, the other, the other thing that we're hearing a lot about is, well, what, what's the impact to this? If there's some cost savings from an operational standpoint, where does it come from? Right? Is, it, is it power? Is it CapEx? Is it, is it headcount? I mean, if you're centralizing this stuff, well, maybe you have an opportunity to save on maintenance. You don't have to go out and visit the sites as often. you got all the gear in one place. Uh, You know, those are all really big issues. Um, You know, we'll we'll see how that happens. And you know, to your point about timelines, five years may not be that unreasonable to get all of this stuff worked out. And particularly when you have to coordinate it with new spectrum purchases or new, uh, you know, new generations of network equipment, it's a lot to to keep in mind as you as you go down the NFE path.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean obviously, and you mentioned, mentioned like, like I guess that cost saving issue. I mean, that was one thing that was kind of brought up too when I was talking to some people on, on the topic was that seems to be maybe kind of the, the dark secret of all this is you know the actual cost savings is probably gonna come from headcount. I mean, that's kind of what we're looking at. I mean, obviously, this is gonna alter the way operators uh run their run their corporations. And hope I'm guessing they're hoping to perhaps, you know, maybe cut down on the number of people who are required to kind of run these run these services. And so and that that's always kind of a sticky situation or, or tough topic to, to discuss, but it does seem like that's gonna be maybe one of those areas where there are there are some cost savings. Obviously, you know there's there's building issues that come along with that as well too. Uh, but that does to be kind of maybe one of those areas where the cost savings will come uh, from this move towards virtualization. But you know again, we'll see how that plays out too. So, um,
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean when you when you when you look back again at the enterprise space and what's happened with data centers, I think you can you can project a lot of the things that they've yeah. gone through onto the onto the NFV and SDN space. You know, power and space have been you know one sort of category of savings people have been another one but even things like utilization of capacity you know today when you're doing capacity planning within a mobile network because the capacity is so distributed you're you're typically left with a lot of idle capacity at any given you know time of day um and that's just because well maybe people commute and they're not in their no. residential area at one time and then they're over at the oh uh, you know over in the 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 city center at another time of day and The same capacity is not being used for all of that. Well, if you can start to tighten that up, much like we did in, you know, virtualizing enterprise environments, then you can get some big savings out of that, you know, down the road at what that means for the providers of that equipment and that capacity too, because it it may well mean that there's some pressure on the volume of sales that they have as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting to look for. Well, obviously, again, you know, the, the show next week, I'm sure we'll have a lot of big news. Uh, coming out in terms of virtualization. I know I'm already getting tons of uh, news items from companies and not pre-announcing things when it comes to virtualization at the show. Obviously, you're going to be there in force as well, too. I'm sure you'll see a lot of that. Uh, but uh, again, I'm sure it'll be a big event for everything. Again, this is one of the the, the yearly big show for the mobile, at least for the mobile-focused uh, uh, telecom industry. Uh, yeah. So it'll be a lot, a lot of big news coming from that. Uh, it's kind of a nice, almost like a CES with a bit of a European flair to it. Uh, so it'll be it'll be a good, good event, I'm sure. So, But Dan, hey, we definitely appreciate the great insight today on this. Uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll be talking with you at the event and also after the event as well uh, to get some more insight of what happened at the show. But uh, we definitely appreciate the time today on this and, and safe travels to Barcelona. And uh, hopefully we'll, we'll catch up again soon on this. That's great. Thanks so much, Dan. All right. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks. All right. So, hey, again, thanks to uh, Dan Hazer for joining us on this topic. Obviously, Mobile World Congress next week is going to be a big show. Uh, well, also taking a look at, you know, one of the large players in the virtualization space is Oracle. Uh, Oracle Communications has a long history in computing and and the networking space, and also working with a lot of telecom telecom operators in terms of of strategizing their their, their virtualization needs. Uh, We recently spoke with uh, Oracle about their uh, network service orchestration solution, which is a new product they have coming out to help operators uh, with the important aspect of orchestration when it comes to uh, handling their their telecom uh, network. Uh, So we talked with them uh, recently about the the topic there. I talked with uh, Barry Hill, who's the uh, global head of NFV at Oracle, uh, to discuss how the company views new entrants into the NFV space. Uh, the growing importance of, of active orchestration and, uh, and the move towards what he termed uh, NFV 2.0 uh, and the industry heading towards the next evolution of NFV. Uh, I think we have a video clip of that uh, coming up now.
2: We're coming at this from the network perspective only.
0: Yeah.
2: And they have been in the business of activating their elements in the past. Now they're looking to activate you know, uh, alternate third-party uh, elements as well. And we are in that space as well okay so that's the first thing the second thing though is that we believe as we move this this business forward into what what i kind of term you know nfv 2.0 we have to become a lot more efficient in how we go and do this orchestration it needs to be what i call active orchestration for that you need two other aspects of technology to what i call kind of bookend this functional nfv diagram and the orchestration, one of those is you need a very, very powerful analytics platform from which you can capture, correlate, uh, and and define uh, outcomes based on information you're collecting. Okay, you can appreciate Oracle. This is, this is really core to our business. The other thing is that once you get information that you want to change in the network, the last thing you want to do is just feed it back into an orchestrator uh, and have it, the network changing because then you have anarchy. What you want to do is you need it into some form of policy engine recommendation environment where the operator can put their company's rules and regulations of what can and cannot happen in the network. And if, it fit, if the recommendation fits within certain guidelines, then you present it to the orchestrator, then you can allow the, the, the network to, to change and adapt to, to the changing conditions with limited operational intervention. And there's an initiative that, that Oracle are very uh, uh, aggressively supporting. It's been driven out of the tele management forum called Zoom. Have you heard of Zoom?
0: Yes, indeed. Yes, but yeah, maybe for those who don't, maybe a little background on that too for interesting. Sure.
2: Zoom is an initiative, an industry initiative that we've been a big part of driving, which stands for zero touch orchestration and operations management. What have we got to do as an industry to remove uh, and uh, remove cost? and operational infrastructure cost for uh, changing and bringing new services to light and altering and, and administering the network. Orchestration, automated orchestration or active orchestration is a big part of what we are thinking about more than just being able to plug a number of virtual network functions or physical network functions together, pressing a button, activating them, and moving a packet or a session between them. And that's like, okay, that's okay. That's a start. There's mm-hmm. one goal. So then the 2.0, as I mentioned, is the idea of taking Oracle's strength and assets in bookending with analytics and policy. But there is also a 3.0 that we see that we're really heading towards in our vision, and that is real change, Dan, I think will only occur in this industry when we start linking the benefits of Virtualization in the network with what we're doing in the business. Okay, so business orchestration linked to network orchestration allows you to have the business to drive the network, not the network driving what you can do in your business. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if we get that right, if we get that right, Dan, then we have the opportunity to really fundamentally transform this industry rather than just making a network a little more
0: efficient. Interesting. Well, I guess then looking at that, I mean, how far do you think we are along in that process? Because it, it is, you know, obviously in the telecom space, you know, traditional operators are very, uh, uh, you know, kind of a stodgy perhaps in kind of their evolution of new technologies. I mean, they've, you know, they're, they're a little conservative. Uh, and this is a, a wholesale changing of, of, of their operations, really. I mean, obviously the network side is big, but also from the business side. I know AT&T, when they announced their, their plans last year, they kind of said that this is real, it's a, it's a business changing uh, move. Yeah. Um, does it seem like that the market is uh, prepared for that? Uh, how, or how prepared is the market for that, I guess, for that move? Yeah,
2: yeah. So, so you know, like you, I've been in this business a long time, right? And, and we worry about the speed from which it moves. However, let me just remind you that it was only two and a half years ago now that actually the carriers got together, not the vendors, the carriers got together in Germany. And said, we we have to do something different. And they created the white paper in October 2012, which described the vision of moving to a more virtualized functional model in the network. Okay? It's only two and a half years ago, and there's it's taken the industry by storm. So is it moving fast? Absolutely. Okay. And we're as an industry learning a lot from the world of IT and cloud. and and open source and these sorts of tools open api's restful api's and these sorts of capabilities that really weren't in the in the uh, even in the language of Carriers network folks in the past So are we getting there? Absolutely. Are we moving fast? Yes. Are there trials? You know and proof of concepts going on and have been going on for the last two and a half years. Yes, they have okay, so It is happening. I would submit to you that in what I call business orchestration Mm -hmm. or north-south orchestration from the user coming in through a self-serve portal, uh, creating their own bundled services, getting credit acceptance and checking, and activating their own service with zero touch. This is an effort that has been going on for some time, and Oracle are actively engaged in deploying business orchestration uh, in carriers' networks already. The issue is, as an industry here when that business orchestration hits the network orchestration it can't go clang okay sure. it has to be aligned and that intersection is what we kind of you know internally here call a differential like in a car mm-hmm. okay where you have the pistons going up and down and you have to transfer the energy to forward and backward motion it's kind of like that where we have to understand the data model. We have to understand the service description languages we use. We have to understand how to activate different devices that speak different languages. We, we, we have to understand how to translate things like SID into common description where the network guys may use, you know, Tosca or Yang or some network-based uh, languages or descriptions of, of what things are. And we're heavily involved in working on helping the industry solve that problem through work that we're doing telemanagement tele-management format and work that we're doing on the Etsy uh, NFE working groups on getting that, getting that right. Because only then does that allow us to really you know, change.
0: Well, it's a good point because, I mean, it does seem like that, you know, it has moved relatively quickly, but it does seem like that perhaps we are running up against perhaps a standards issue. I mean, obviously is working aggressively on this. They finished up phase one, working on phase two now. Uh, there are a lot of new organizations that have popped up over the past twelve months: Open NFV and OpenStat, open Daylight, various ones like that, who are doing different parts of the puzzle too. Um, but are, I mean, are we hitting an issue where, you know, obviously standards take a lot of time. I mean, there's a lot of people involved in the standards process, and so everybody has to put their two cents in there. Uh, but is that is that process perhaps slowing the 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 evolution of Nfv, and are we getting to a point where perhaps carriers might have to actually deploy some Nfv solutions that perhaps aren't really to a standard yet, but it could be in the future? I mean, I, I guess, how is the standards process holding or, or hindering this whole, uh, this whole progress of NFV deployments?
2: Yeah, look, standards is an interesting discussion in its own right. We got half an hour just on that. Uh, <laughs> sure. The world of cloud and IT, uh, IT isn't really designed the way that the world of telecom infrastructure has been in the past. Uh, where we had to have common protocols between certain nodes in the network. We we had to have, have a very clear definition of, uh, you know, call paths and things like that. But, uh, you know, and it is a, is a blending. I'm not going to say you don't need standards, but we, we, we can't have standards drive our uh, urgency to, to deliver these new, more effective, uh, uh, ways of deploying network and services in your business. So it, it is a balance. I, 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 you know, without standards, again, we have anarchy. Uh, but the benefit of open source and open standards and a new working group that starts seemingly every week is that we get, you know, people putting their best ideas on the table to help make this work. What is required, though, Dan? I would submit to you is that is that there needs to be at least Some level of of, uh, scale meaning companies with some level of scale that can help quarterback the the deployment of these new architectures and designs Uh, because you know again if you just take a lot of open source technology and plug it together with some small innovative uh, applications and I hope it's going to work is is a stretch at best Mm -hmm. so you know I think NFV is kind of the best of all worlds where it says You know, Etsy's not defining a standard. They're defining a functional framework of what we should be thinking about. The industry, the cloud industry, the open source industry is defining some standard interfaces and hypervisor technologies that we should be looking at using. Everyone can start working with those now. Uh, We understand the world of APIs on how to connect various disparate components together, I think, pretty well. Um, So, you know, I, I think that that as long as the desire is there, we'll get there. And the fact that this is, again, a carrier-driven initiative, not a vendor-driven initiative, there is the desire to make this thing happen. And, you know, uh, there will be some companies that have uh, a lot of assets to be the foundation to bring all of this stuff together. And there'll be some companies that will be, you know, unique uh, component providers to the mix uh, and, and you know, uh, this is a huge transformation and and we see that as a great opportunity as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, so again, do you you expect, I guess, kind of moving forward then over the next 12 months or so to to see the the same kind of, I don't want to say hype cycle, but I mean, 2014 was a pretty big year when it came to announcements. I mean, do you expect that that same sort of uh, momentum to continue into this year or do you expect 2015 to be more of a year of, you know, maybe more proof of concepts, more, you know, really trying to make this stuff work on the ground level as opposed to, uh, a lot of announcements, a lot of partnerships. Actually, making the stuff work work on the ground.
2: No, I, I think I think what you're going to see, uh, Dan, towards the second half of this year, is a lot more. Let's call it relevant POCs and trial proof of concepts and trials, rather than can I take a can I take a, some software that's run on a proprietary uh, ASIC and port it to Linux, run it under a virtual machine, stick it on an x86 box, and see how it runs. I mean, that's just, that's fundamentals and you've got to go through that process. I get it. Now we've got to start linking these, becoming more, uh, driving the business opportunity and driving the automation and 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 thinking about what we've got to do around zero touch modeling, thinking, d- deployment. And you will start to see those. You will start to see some companies uh, doing what I call a cap and grow where they are setting up uh, you know, uh, infrastructure kind of uh, in parallel to their existing infrastructure and running certain services like machine-to-machine type services in a completely virtualized environment. Uh, and I think you'll see real real revenue starting to, to flow uh, from carriers, you know, going into next year, we, we, we see that.
0: Interesting. Interesting. I mean, there's been a lot of talk, you know, about how deep can NFV really go into a network? I mean, obviously there's, you know, like you were saying, there's some business aspects of it now that are already in play. Uh, I mean, but there's also been talk, you know, at the other extreme of, you know, you could pretty much virtualize everything in the network at, at some point, you know, all the way down to the core if you wanted to, uh, or I guess maybe everything except for the antennas, perhaps. Uh, but I mean, at, at some point, I mean, how deep do you think virtualization can really go into a network and still be uh, an effective, efficient model that can be managed uh by by an operator
2: all the way i mean there's,
0: <laughs> okay. there's no, i mean look
2: <laughs> the train's left the station if there's <laughs> anybody out there who believes that this is not going to happen or is still questioning it then then good luck but <laughs> the train has left the station okay and if you're not on it then you won't be a part of it going forward and and so can it be done all the way from the ground up yeah, absolutely Absolutely. However, let's be smart about this. We've got an existing massive investment already in. Most companies that I'm engaged with are talking about starting to use virtualization as a next step for uh, you know handling extra capacity. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're looking at hybrid models for deploying both existing physical nodes with virtual nodes uh, until maybe some of the technology gets to the point that. It needs to be so that we can completely transfer it into a virtualized model. Uh, You know, there are some people, as I said, you know, bypassing, uh, doing an overlay network model to get this thing going. Uh, Is everything there right now? No. But the desire is there, and we will get there. And there is no turning back. Absolutely no turning back in my mind.
0: Great insight there from Oracle. That's uh, I believe it's a Barry Hill, who's the uh, head of NFV for Oracle. I'm sure we will have some great insight also uh, on the NFE space when it comes to uh, the Mobile Congress event next week there. So great insight there from Oracle. Well, again, I want to thank everyone for for joining us today. Also, a special thanks to our guest, uh, Dan Hayes, for joining us, for, for providing so, uh, some great insight on the uh, virtualization space and kind of look ahead to uh, next week's Mobile Congress event. And uh, thanks again for all of you watching. And uh, please make sure to check uh, the NFE SDN reality check uh, next week. Thanks.